Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Haithling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who've experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. What's the best way to be listening to Made It Happen podcast? Maybe from the comfort of your own home with a glass of Marlot, Chardonnay, Rosé. Either way, I want to talk about the official wine of Made It Happen podcast, Paglioni Estate Winery. Paglioni Estate Winery is a winery located in Harrow along the wine route where their wine is produced in small batches using natural methods and pay homage to the Italian winemaking traditions of the old country, enhanced by the unique terrier of Canada's southernmost region. My personal favorite is their 2018 Marlowe, but they have a wide variety of amazing wines to choose from, because what goes better than podcasts and wine? You can find them on social media at Paglionia State Winery to follow along. Cheers! Today I'll be speaking with Penny Light. Penny, a native of Canada where she thrived for 19 years in various different roles for some Fortune 500 companies on major brands such as Coke, Kellogg's, and Pepsi. Other than the appreciation for the things she learned along the way, she didn't care much about any of the corporate stuff. So she traded her suit, heels, and a condo in the concrete jungle for bare feet in the sand and falling asleep under a blanket of stars and the orchestra of the Costa Rican jungle. She hasn't looked back since. Her mixed education in business, travel and tourism, and psychology has led her to wear many hats along the way from working with a wildlife film crew in the middle of the African bush to vice president of marketing and sponsorship with the Women of Influence speaker series to founding her own marketing and workplace well-being consulting company, Lighted Up Marketing, and a coaching yoga travel adventure company, Live Life Light. She hosts yoga and personal growth retreats, both private and group, all around the world, and she does elite one-on-one coaching and mentoring. Penny, now a self-proclaimed life adventure expert, has traveled most of the world, including living in a dome in the middle of the African bush for a year. Penny believes that life is one great big adventure, even more so when we say yes and show up to it honestly and courageously. Penny's aspiration is to bring others what travel has brought to her, a new way of seeing not just the world, but ourselves as we exist on this planet, the always inevitable lessons, connecting with our roots and all the beautiful connections made in human kindness along the way. So how about we start off with just having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your multiple businesses. (laughs) My accidental multiple businesses. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a bit about myself, where to start? I always find that such a big, daunting question. Um, well, I am 45 years old. Um, I was born in Toronto, but I grew up in a really small town called Alice Ontario. Um, it was most famously known as the potato capital of Ontario. If you've never heard of it, a lot of potato chips come from there <laughs> and a few great hockey players. I was living on my own at 16. I came from a little bit of a troubled home, um, sometimes attending high school. Sometimes not. Um, at 16, I was living on my own and working at a taco bar and paying my own bills. Um, so I think a really hard work ethic was, was instilled in me, um, not by choice, but at a very young age. 
Uh, I went on to a community college and I got a certificate in travel and tourism, dreaming that I would one day help, uh, it would one day help me see the world. Um, and instead, upon graduation from there, I found myself working as a waitress and a bartender because tips were much more uh, plentiful than, uh, than getting a real job at the time. Um, but then from there, I was soon recruited by a guest I was serving who owned a beverage distribution company. And he needed a sales rep. So I went on to travel all over Ontario selling Arizona iced tea and Sunny D <laughs> um, to independently owned corner stores and grocery stores. And then one day on the job with that, I was placing Arizona iced tea into a Coca-Cola fridge and ran into the sales rep. And we got into a little bit of a heated battle over whether my product could go in his fridge or not. And that led to him telling his boss about me and his boss then offering me a job. So from there, I went to work for my first Fortune 500 company, Coca-Cola, um, and then fast forward 18 years working for Kellogg's, Coke, um, Group Danone. I was the vice president of a, a, a company that promoted female entrepreneurs. It was just like a speaker program for them. Um, and 18 years later, I never did travel the world at that point <laughs> uh, and woke up feeling like I didn't really choose the life that I was living. It sort of fell upon me and I was doing all the things I felt that you were supposed to do or that society had deemed you were supposed to do, you know, get the job, buy the car. I bought a waterfront South facing downtown Toronto condo. I dressed the part and it all seemed really easy to do what other people expected you to do. Bored miserably and I was super, super unhappy and I felt like, tied to all of these things, tied to the job, tied to the mortgage, tied to the car, and tied to this like persona that people expected me to be at that point. Um, so one day I was standing on the balcony of said condo uh, talking to my dad and I was just like, dad, I'm just so not happy. I just, none of this feels right to me. None of it felt authentic also. I just couldn't, couldn't get into it anymore. And so much to my surprise, I was 34 years old. And my dad says, so quit your job. I'm like, what? What do you mean quit my job? Just so quit. Sell your condo. I'm like, but then what will I do? He's like, I don't know. You'll figure it out. But like, if you're going to, if you're not happy, you know, go get happy. And I was floored because I really, I think a lot of people, you know, go about their everyday lives doing the things that they think they're supposed to do to please other people in their lives. So my dad was like, yeah, no, I just want you to be happy. Like, give it all up and go figure it out. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, so that's an option, you know, where I didn't think it was an option. So I did just that. I quit my job. I sold my condo. I put all my stuff in storage. And I didn't have a clue what I was going to do. But I went to Vermont. I thought, eh, I've always wanted to ski. I, you know, spent a winter skiing and I had friends in Vermont. And that was September 2008. And in um, November 2008, my dad suddenly passed away. So. It was almost as if somehow I knew I needed to set myself up or set my life up in a way that I could deal with what was about to come at me. <laughs> Strangely, it was almost serendipitous because had I still been working in corporate and been really unhappy and lost my father, you know, in the corporate world, you get three days bereavement and you have to go back to work. It's not who I am. And I don't think that I, I, I don't even know how I would have been able to do with it, but because I had set my life up in the way it 
I had, I had the time to grieve. I had the time to come home and help my family. I had the time to, to process what was happening. Um, and then that January, I got a call from one of my best friends who's South African. And she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm skiing and I'm getting fat and I'm, I'm really, really sad. <laughs> and she said, well, enough of that. I've got this opportunity for you. You know, a friend of mine is a wildlife film uh, guy, photographer, and they need an assistant. You know, what does that mean? They're like, well, basically, you're going to go to Botswana. You're going to live in a tent for a year and you're going to help them film clients. And I was like, you know, this had sort of been a dream of mine. And I felt my needs at that point looked up at the sky and I was like, really, Dad? And my first response was, well, I can't. I was house sitting and I was working at this little cafe and you know, I made all the excuses up. She said in a lovely South African accent, and she said, you'll do whatever you effing have to do to make this happen. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I did. And then within three weeks, I went from minus 30 to plus 30. And I went and literally moved into a tent in the middle of the African bush with no running water, no electricity, nothing for a year. And that's how I spent that year grieving the loss of my father. And it changed me. It literally changed my, my DNA. Yeah. So that was that, it was that year in Africa that, you know, I was sort of had a forced disconnect from you know life as we know it here and I was connected very deeply with nature I felt the heartbeat of the of the land and was sanctioned by the sun and the moon and um you know there was no advertising I had no phone you know it was it was very very raw <clears throat> and it gave me a lot of time to think and and figure out what I what I wanted to do and at that point I still didn't even really know what I wanted to do I just knew that I needed to do something more fulfilling and, and something that had a little bit more purpose um, in my life. So I came back from Africa after a year and because I believe that, well, I don't know that I believe this, but I think that sometimes you have to do the same thing over and over again before you get the message. But I came back and I went back to corporate, but convinced myself that because it was agency side, I could be more creative and I wouldn't be so miserable. And that lasted like a year and a half <laughs> um, before I realized that just, that just wasn't going to happen. And so, um, yeah, so from there, I, I decided, I wrote on a piece of paper, I wrote freedom. I, all I knew is that I needed to feel financially free. I needed to, time freedom was a big one. I wanted to own my own calendar. I was really sick of working for other people and working on their calendars. Um, and I, at that point still, I didn't really even know what it looked like. Um, and I actually was supposed to go back to South Africa to visit somebody and last minute that got changed and I was flipping through um, Facebook and I saw a friend of mine was frolicking along on the beaches and I messaged him and I said, well, what are you like, what are you doing? Like, what's this life you're living? How are you like on a beach every single day? He's like, oh, I'm down in Costa Rica. I'm working in Costa Rica. Come visit. And so I did. I hopped on a plane instead of going to South Africa. I went to Costa Rica and I remember being there and thinking this is I want to live a life like this. So they have this philosophy in Costa Rica, it's Pura Vida, which means pure life. And it's very much around the idea of connection and community um, and family and work is, is kind of secondary. Um, but mostly the work, people feel very purposeful in their work. 
And so I came back from there and all I did was Google jobs in Costa Rica, jobs in Costa Rica, jobs in Costa Rica. And I was like, why am I doing that when I can just create, you know, something for myself? Um, and so I went down this path of like personal growth, um, you know, asking yourself the big questions, taking all the courses. And I thought I could help other people also do this. And so I launched a life coaching business and that's sort of how the whole entrepreneurship started. And from the life coaching business, I thought, well, I also want to travel. So maybe I can tie in travel with life coaching. And so I created this personal growth workshop around a retreat business, which started in Costa Rica and then went to Nicaragua. And from there, it just sort of grew into what it is today, which is Live Life Flight Adventures. Yeah, no, it's an it's an amazing background and, you know, story that you have that has got you to where you are today. So I'm very curious to sort of hear a little bit more about um, this business as well. And then also, you know, you most recently have also started a clothing business. So maybe if you want to touch on a bit of those as well. Yeah, so it all sort of just like ties in together. So, you know, from 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 the retreat business that sort of grew, it evolved, everything sort of evolves, but all the entrepreneurs listen to this will know, like the, the straight line you think it is, is never, ever a straight line. And, you know, if you let things sort of, you throw things out there, it will all very naturally come to be what it's meant to be. And Live Life Light Adventures, you know, I realized very quickly that, you know, the, the personal growth aspect of it was great and people's lives were changed and I had a lot of positive feedback from it. But I actually personally didn't, it was, it was very draining for me because you're holding space for people. Um, and I would come back from these retreats and literally go into my own little like hole for a week because it was, you know, so much emotion and so much space you're holding for people. And really the whole point of it was, you know, I wanted to share my love for travel um, with other people and, you know, it, it changed me and helped me grow a lot. So it sort of evolved into Live Life Adventures, which is no personal growth at all and a little bit of yoga and a whole ton of adventure and then I also launched a marketing company while I was I, I ended up moving to Costa Rica living there for six years so I launched a marketing company using my background in corporate my 18 years in corporate um, and I was consulting and turned out that a lot of companies in Costa Rica needed content, English content creation. So I was doing a lot of content creation, helping them translate flyers um, in the tourism business. I, I worked for an eco-adventure park. I worked for um, a property where the Four Seasons is. Um, I worked for a, a company that makes zip lines. And I did some really cool content creation from there. And then COVID hit. So that was in March. And within 24 hours, my phone was just ringing off the hook. My entire life depended on tourism. My retreats and my marketing company was all tourism based. So everything shut down and I needed to get on a plane and come back to Canada because I didn't know what was happening in Costa Rica. Costa Rica just opened up. So it's a good thing that, that I did come back. And I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> and actually I... I needed clothes to be totally honest with you. I lived in Costa Rica for six years and all I wore was bathing suits and shorts and tank tops. And it was so hot. Like there was nowhere to shop. There was no need to shop. And, and I had no clothing. So I came back to Canada and I thought, Oh my God, I need to. And it was in March. So I need warm clothes. Um, and it's COVID and everything shut down and I'm looking online and I literally couldn't find anything. I was so disappointed in what was out there in the Canadian retail market. And 
it just seemed like nothing had changed from the six years ago that I had last shopped in Canada. Um, and I always liked the boutique experience. I always liked supporting small business. Um, and my partner in business and in life, my boyfriend, he is in the retail business as well. So he has a lot of retail knowledge and he had a property. He owns a, a line of vintage clothing stores called The Patch. And he had a property across the street from his seasonal location in Salvo Beach that had a clothing store in it. Um, that targeted like 15 to 25 year olds and it just wasn't doing very well. And so I said to him, I said, can I like, let me take it over. Like, can I, I feel like there's a real need for, especially women like myself, um, women between the ages of like 35 and 55 and, and younger and older, but who are looking, you know, to express themselves through fashion. They want a sense of unique Um, in what they're wearing and they want to you know the thrill of the find um, neutrals quality over quantity um, and want a good experience and also connect with with other women so the other reason for launching it was a I needed clothing so I thought I'd build my dream closet but also I've been away from Canada for for six years ten winters and I, I have a really amazing network of female friends in Costa Rica but don't really have that here anymore in Canada. So I also wanted to build a space where women could come and connect. So I wanted it to be more, uh, more about connection and community than about the consumerism of clothing. I didn't want it to be just, just fashion based. Um, So I worked really hard to make sure the space was really welcoming and make sure it was a place where women wanted to come in and, and talk and share their stories um, we only were only able to open in July. So, you know, next year the plan is to make sure we have workshops. Um, we did, you know, some wine and yoga nights where a lot of women came and connected and made friends. Um, but next year I want to take it to the next level where we have workshops, um, whether it's entrepreneurial based or personal growth based, but you know, just somewhere where women can come and connect and feel safe and share their stories and I can make some friends. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I love that, that, you know, you brought that whole aspect together. And especially I think the feeling of community, especially with female entrepreneurs is so important because it can definitely be lonely at times. Um, So can you tell us just a bit about, you know, creating that community for yourself? How did you sort of build this? And, you know, what kind of people, I guess, were you looking to, you know, bring into that bubble um, of supportive, I guess, females? Yeah. And, you know, I'm really lucky because actually Sauble Beach um, is is pretty much run by women (laughs) with the exception of my partner and maybe one other store. There's a lot of um, female businesses there. Um, So and I'm a big believer in like, you know, empowered women, empower women. Um, and that we're all in this together. I, I value collaboration over competition any day. Um, and I, I think there's room for all of us. Um, so, and Sabo Beach is a really great place for that. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the, the June Hotel, um, but the June girls just opened up a place there and, and that's sort of their mindset. So we're, we're, it's nice to have that alignment. The wellness refinery is run by a woman named Saida who also has that sort of mentality and it's just you know I've you know you create the place that people will come you know I'm sort of a, a believer in that and so through grit and grace um, we've 
you know, I've, I've, it's sort of drawn those people in and we sort of all come together and we shout each other out and we cheer each other on and we send each other um, to the different locations. And, and yeah, I mean, I think if you create it, they will come and it's all energy based too. Like I'm a huge believer in that, you know, if you put it out there. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about next summer. Like I said, that we had 90 days um, this summer and in that 90 days, a lot happened, <laughs> including a full renovation. But uh, but it was a huge success, and 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 it seems that there's a market for for what we have to offer. So yes, definitely. Well, and I'm excited as well to you know see what is in the future for the store. And you know, going back to to your journey as an entrepreneur, was this something that you know you'd always sort of wanted was to own your own business, or was it once you really wanted the freedom of it, that's when you decided that this was sort of how you were going to do that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know when I was back in Africa, and that was that was almost twelve years ago now. Um, when I made the decision and, and I came back and I wrote on that piece of paper, like, what do I really want? And freedom, you know, it sounds cliche, but it was just a word that kept coming back into, you know, freedom and purpose. You know, I wanted, how can I have the time freedom? Like the, the biggest thing was owning my own calendar. I can't stress that enough. Like I, you know, and with grit and grace, it's a seasonal store. And the idea is, you know, we work our butts off in the summer and I travel all winter doing the buying to, you know, glorious places like, Bali and Indonesia and uh, Australia and you know hopefully when the world opens up I could do that um but yeah it really was about about creating that financial freedom and that time freedom um and also I'm a really bad employee I learned that I think <laughs> and I got a bunch of tattoos so that I would never be tempted to go back to corporate again um but the whole reason behind it, yeah, I would say is, is I wanted, I wanted to give back to the world somehow in some way. And I wanted to own my own calendar, really. Yes, absolutely. And is there sort of any other big, I guess, the biggest change that you find from, you know, that corporate world job, um, apart from being your own boss? Um, yeah, I connecting with people connection is a, is a, a big one that comes up. And, you know, like-minded individuals. Um, I, you know, the companies I was working for, I just, it just didn't align with my core values, but I didn't know that at the time, you know, I was 19, 20 years old when I got into it and you wake up 18 years later and, you know, you just, you grind, you, you wake up every day and you get in the, into that rat race and onto that wheel and, and you don't even realize it. And, you know, sometimes you never realize it. I'm glad that I did. Um, but it just wasn't aligning with my, my core values. I've never even drank a can of Coke. I think I've had one can of Coke my whole life and I work for the company. So, you know, it was like, you know, how can I give back to the world? How can I make the world a better place? Yes, absolutely. That definitely, definitely makes sense. Um, and then I'm also very curious about your marketing business. You know, you had said that you'd sort of saw the opportunity for that while you were traveling and that's sort of how it all got started. How did you learn, I guess, the actual marketing background of that? Was it all self-taught sort of on the job or did you do sort of any learning from that? Uh, well, so yeah, and that evolved too, again, like I said, you know, you know this better than anyone. It's not, it's never the straight line that you think it is. And so when I launched Lighted Up Marketing, it was more, um, you know, the realization when I was living abroad as an expat that there was a need for English content to be created. Um, I'm a good writer. I love to write. Um, I, you know, I, I 
gained a lot of experience in marketing, working for the corporate companies that I worked for in those 18 years. And so I sort of realized, you know, and also when I sat down, I was like, what do I have to offer? Like what, you know, what are my skill sets? What can I, what can I offer other people? And so it sort of started with content creation, branding, you know, working for the Eco Adventure Park and the Zipline Company um, and other tourism properties in Costa Rica. And then from there, there, I realized that there was a lot of other female entrepreneurs that needed help with personal branding. So when you're launching off on your own, you are your brand. Um, and, you know, I'm, my, my business is humans and I'm the human in my business. And so how do you convey that to the public? And a lot of people are, are shy. A lot of people don't want to be the face of their brands, but when we're, when we're launching ourselves and, you know, I think as women too, we're not very good at bragging. We're not very good at, at talking ourselves up. Um, so I realized there was a real need for that too. So I started doing a lot of personal branding and working with mostly female entrepreneurs um, to help them build their brand. And I think that the work that's involved in building a brand is a personal journey as well, especially when you're the person behind your brand, if that makes any sense. So there's some big, deep questions that need to be asked and it's hard work. Um, but it's so worth it in the end. It, it's almost like a coaching relationship um, when I work with with these personal brands to help them get their brand story. Um, but it's very, very, very fulfilling. So that sort of evolved from just content creation to, to, to working with people on their personal brands too. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like you said, personal brand, especially right now, I think is, is so important, especially with female entrepreneurs. And like you said, we're sometimes can be a, to sort of celebrate ourselves, but it definitely is so important for female entrepreneurs to, you know, share those wins and be excited for them. And then was there sort of any big challenge that you had to overcome with when maybe starting up any of your businesses? Um, and, you know, what did you do during those times to overcome it? <laughs> so many. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the biggest... The biggest one that would stand out the most is, and you mentioned it earlier, it's a lonely pro. It's a lonely journey, especially when you're branching out from doing what other people are used to you doing. So your family, your friends, and then all of a sudden you make this massive change in your life. It can confuse other people. You know, you're, you're not who you, they thought you were or who they expected you to be. And you're changing your whole life and you're taking a massive risk. It's a massive risk financially. Um, personally, you, you, and plus you, you, you have to grind, you have to grit, you have to work hard. And so you have to put your head down and that might pull you away from, you know, an availability that you had more freely before. So it's, I, I would say the greatest challenge is the loneliness that comes with entrepreneurship. Um, it, especially in the beginning, it's not always like that. It gets better, but definitely in the beginning when you're working your butt off and you're grinding away and you're you're learning and you're you're shifting and pivoting and making the changes you need to make along the way. It, it, unless you can, well, and I, I'll, uh, my advice to the, for overcoming that is finding other like-minded individuals, finding mastermind groups, joining uh, any kind of group you can find where you, there are other women doing their own thing as well. Otherwise, you really, 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 really will feel alone in the process. 
Yes, definitely. I think that's a really great piece of advice, um, you know, and definitely a challenge that I think almost every entrepreneur goes through at some point or another. So um, I think it's great, you know, having that advice for how to overcome that and knowing that it's something that everyone sort of does go through. Um, and then on the, I guess, the other side of that, has there been sort of one really big success moment that comes to mind um, from your journey as an entrepreneur that you'd like to share? Yeah, there's, there's been a few, I would say it's, it's cliche to say the aha moment, <laughs> but the aha moment, it, it comes. And there's so many times along the journey where, where you're like, I can, there's been so many times where I like, you know, throw my hands in the air. I'm like, F it. I'm going to start applying for jobs. Like, like, this is like, at least I can get like health coverage and dental coverage and like, you know, a steady paycheck. And the unknown is just like too much. And but if you stick with it, not if, stick with it, like, like get your head down, do what needs to get done, lean into it, that aha moment will come. And when it comes, everything falls into place and everything makes sense. Um, I can give one example. You know, I did retreat after retreat after retreat, you know, and, and lives were, were changed and people had a great time and they were successful, but I never really felt great at the end of them there was always like so much self-doubt which I also that's a whole other entrepreneurial topic for women um around them and then I did something completely different with my Morocco retreat um where I got away from the personal growth and it was all adventure based and we caravaned across the country and we slept on the sand dunes in the, in the Sahara desert and it was so much freaking fun I had fun and I came out of it going, that's it. That's the perfect, that is the perfect, that's what I need to create, more of that. There needs to be adventures like that off the beaten path, like all over the world. And then like, that's what I want to do. And that's sort of like, it was a massive aha moment, a massive successful moment where everything from there just launched. Um, and that's the future of Live Life Fight Adventures. And then with Grit and Grace, it was really, when I, you know, it, I think, that moment with my Morocco retreat, when I was really standing in my truth and my authenticity about what I wanted to do. And that was when it was successful. When I launched Grit and Grace, that was it too. It was like, this has to be, this has to feel right. And it has to be authentic. It has to be, and, and I could never, you know, there's many moments where I'm like, well, maybe I should carry that. Or maybe I should carry this because that's what other people are doing. And that's what the market is, is asking for out there, but it didn't align with me. So I said, no. So you really have to have like a hard, you know, hard boundaries of knowing what your true North is and knowing, and that's like the whole brand process too. when I work with my clients is like, know your brand story, know your true North and never, never stray from that. And of course we have to pivot and make changes as we go along the way. And it's not a straight line, but when you're standing in your truth, the success will come. Yes, absolutely. I, I definitely agree. And I think that's also a great piece of advice is, you know, remembering why it is that you started that and what your purpose is for it. And I think that, you know, that's great that that's sort of the process that you take when also, you know, coaching other entrepreneurs or other females. Um, and you've shared a lot of really great advice about, you know, as a female entrepreneur and finding your community. Um, but is there any other one piece that maybe you would have given yourself looking back at when you started your entrepreneur journey, um, what you wish maybe someone would have told you at the time? 
there's a famous, I, you've probably seen it, Oprah told, shares a story where at the very beginning, she was so like deeply filled with self-doubt. And she's like, who do I think I am? Like, who, who do I think I am to be able to do this? And I think most entrepreneurs, men and women can relate to that feeling, you know, there's that whole imposter syndrome, like, who do I think I am? Why, why do I think I can do this? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, stick with it. I mean, that sounds so, so simple, but, and you are capable and you can do it. Like literally you can do anything. And then again, that's like, so there's so much self-doubt along the way, but yeah, stick with it, lean in, never give up and find that support network. That is super, super important too. Yes, absolutely. I definitely agree. And I think those are some really great piece of advice. And thank you so much for sharing those with me, as well as your story, which is just an incredible journey of how you got to where you are today. And I'm so excited to you know see what is to come with all of your multiple businesses. And do you just have any final thoughts for the listeners here before we wrap up today? Mm, yeah, I mean, I, empowered women empower women you know and we're all in this together and I think I, I feel like your listeners are all on that same page I don't I feel like you know that's easy that's easy advice to, to give but just keep cheering on your fellow female entrepreneurs and keep supporting each other the world needs more of us and I think entrepreneurship definitely is the way of the future yeah <laughs> Yes, absolutely. No, thank you so much again. Um, and do you also want to let the listeners know where they can find you and your business online? Uh, yeah, so Grit and Grace online store is coming soon. You can find us on Instagram at Grit and Grace Clothing. LiveLifeLightAdventures.com has a full lineup of adventures for 2021, starting with Botswana and then Nepal, Romania, and Morocco. And then lightedupmarketing.com is where you'll find opportunities um, for uh, personal branding, consulting, or coaching should you need it. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.